Grab your bulletin, guy. We're going to blow right through this, guys. It's obviously, you know, we're in uh, post-VBS. Some people still have VBS hangovers. Uh, just, they did a great job. I can't even go on it. I'll just say Stephanie Fink and her host of Merry Men and Women, we applaud you guys. Way, way too many people to start thanking because it's just when you're putting on something of that size, I think Stephanie would probably attest that it's it's a it's a huge deal. Uh, open up your bulletin, Mom's Life, baby dedication, the garage, uh, July 31st, the youth are taking off to camp. You may still be able to slide your teenager in that. You have to talk to Mark and Felicia for that. I want to thank everybody who came out to the uh, Pastor Bevo Christmas in July deal uh, yesterday at the VFW. I wish you could have been there. Uh, me, me and my wife was at church. Um, and I want to just thank you guys for all your prayers that you've sent uh, my way for, for the passing of my dad who, who died Wednesday. Uh, our service for him will be tomorrow. You're all invited, 11 o'clock right here. Um, we're assured that he's in heaven because uh, he accepted Christ as his Savior. Uh, if you haven't done that, wherever you're at or wherever you're watching the broadcast, you have to be saved uh, in order to get to heaven. Um, my dad grew up in church, uh, went to Sunday school, went to a, a Christian uh, school, but none of that made him a believer. Uh, it's when he walked the aisle at this church right here in, in, at this altar and gave his life to Christ just a couple years ago. super cool um go to hebrews chapter nine and then while you're um while you got your um thumb there or whatever it is hold that position there and i'm gonna ask if we could bring up officer josh loose uh here josh loose would you come up here please today so i'm gonna totally embarrass him and his in-laws already, come on up here, Josh. So uh, our brother here, uh, Josh, has won a Medal of Valor Combat Cross. Uh, thank you. Love you, buddy. God bless you. Thank you. Now stay here. Stay here. So I, I'm not going to get into all the details. Maybe he would tell you about it. Uh, I don't want to get into all the details, but he ended up in a firefight over... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were in Fairview Heights. I know you just changed yeah. municipality. So, and I don't want to get into all that. I don't want to get into facts. But there, there's a, and I just want to say this. And when I say kids, I don't mean disrespect. But there's a lot of great kids in this church that are doing great, and young men that are doing great things. So, um, we just want you to know we're proud of you. All right, brother. I appreciate God bless you. Thank you. So standing ovation for Officer Josh Luce. And uh, I got the picture of him receiving the award. So, man, I'm just, you know, there's a lot of great young people doing a lot of great things. They are, you know, and I want to point that out. And. And you know how we stand for the officers and the firefighters and the teachers and the military. We're the corny people that still do that. Uh, 
So um, let's don't get into all that, but we do, and we mean that when we do that. So 922 in Hebrews, uh, VBS, there was a lot of things going on. I, I wish I could have been at all the five days. I was only at two, you know, I was with my dad when he passed uh, uh, Wednesday night and uh, got to be here on Thursday and Friday. It was just as good, if not better than always, Stephanie did a great job, and I'll talk about the subjects that we preached on, and they don't even ask me to preach VBS anymore. I guess I'm boring because they, they're like, oh, you know, but it is so awesome to be in here, like, during the adult Bible studies, and I get to just sit, and if you've never been to, like, VBS for the adults, it's, um, everybody's excited about uh, the, the Word of God, but they're really excited about the candy basket. <laughs> Some... All right, and they were like, if we, so Terry was uh, bringing it by, and you, we usually bring it by two or three times during the Bible study. She said, we went out to eat last night. She, her and her husband took me and my wife out to eat after service, and she said, I was worried about disturbing the Bible study uh, when I come by with the basket. And, I, you know, we've been doing this for so long, you know, and if you're at Have Bible, you can eat and still praise God at the same time. It's, uh, those are muscles we work on. Uh, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no for forgiveness of sins. There you go. Uh, I highlighted it. I asterisked and, 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 and underlined that, and it's been in my Bible like that for a long time because I thought it was so powerful. And that's a heck of a statement to say, you know, without the shedding of blood, there is no for forgiveness of sins. Um, and let me say this before I go to, uh, to a couple more verses. Um, so in the Old Testament, so the, obviously I believe this is the Apostle Paul, and you guys may argue with me about who wrote Hebrews, but it would be okay uh, that you're wrong. So <laughs> we'll know when we get to heaven. I know there's different. But anyways, he writes about um, the, the Old Testament, how that was kind of a mock-up of, of the new covenant and the new heaven to come. You know, there was the holy place and the holiest of holies behind the curtain and the, and the blood that was shed was just for covering the sin until Jesus could come and remove the sin. Amen? His blood. Let's read and find out if, I, if I'm right when I say that. And, and I, don't, I just mean that kind of in jest like a mock-up here. So listen. 23. It says, Thus it was necessary for the copies, like I said, of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than these. And we know that that means Jesus Christ. For Christ has entered into the, not into the holy, holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself now appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as a high priest. So, I was talking last night at church. I said, you know, the high priest has to come, uh, you know, all the time in the year of atonement for, uh, for people's sin because people continue to sin. There had to be a continual offering with this blood to cover it until Jesus' blood removed it. Um, and go down to 26. It says, for then we would have had suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 
And just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Uh, so Christ, having been offered uh, once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to, uh, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting him. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. In verse 27, he says, And is it appointed for a man to die one time, and then after that face judgment. So everyone here, just like I told you about my dad, uh, it, uh, Wednesday at 5.08 at my farm, in my bunkhouse, in my daughter's room, in the hospital bed, God came to get him. God came to get him. He's going he's gonna to come for everybody, and where you end up will be completely up to you. And if you decide today not to make a choice for God, that's your choice. But he's coming back wherever, wherever you're at. And he's coming to, to rectify the wrong. So when he came back, my dad was ready to go, and he was launched straight into glory. Amen? And all I can say is what say you? Let us pray. Lord, it's very clear the author of Hebrews left no wiggle room on this one. We have to be covered, baptized in the blood of your son, Jesus. That's evident. Uh, and, and it's evident that everyone's going to die. And uh, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Uh, but I believe for those who are in Jesus, like my dad, um, we have the assurance that we'll wake up in glory. And what a ride that'll be, Lord. I know I'm ready. I got my marching orders, and I thank you for that. So I pray for my friends today, and I pray for the offering, uh, that they both be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Let the basket come by and applaud the Lord, and let's get into it. Uh, Luke 19. Luke 19. So Pastor Mark Fincher made fun of me. He, uh, he said, what kind of message? So I'm in July, and we're talking about freedom. And then here you get uh, VBS bumped right in the center uh, of it. And, and I just kind of picked out randomly. They gave, there's a list of things that these, these gentlemen talked about. I'll just read the, the five that they talked about through the five days of VBS. The first day was John 8, 12. It says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So that was kind of cool. And the second day was live in harmony with each other, Romans 12, 16. And I really liked that. I focused on, on the... Let's live in harmony with each other. Uh, and that can only come through the Spirit of God. That can only come through the Spirit of God. Let's be honest. Some of you guys don't even like being next to the person you're sitting next to. I mean, I mean, I should save that for the next service. You guys are, you guys are okay with it all. Do you ever get there and you sit like on the other side of the church and that person comes over and you're like, what are you doing over here? Or just tell somebody right now you're sitting in my chair. <laughs> That's a, you can repent of that if you've sat in someone else's chair. Or you parked in their spot. <laughs> Living in harmony isn't like in what everybody does. Living in harmony is I have the love of Jesus, you have the love of Jesus, we're going to learn how to get along. Yeah. And, and, and let's, let's, let's go ahead and applaud and I'll get back. That's good preaching. Let's quit acting like we're supposed to like everything everybody does. 
some of the things can be extremely annoying. Ask me to do tell, Dr. Zimmerman. So I'm in there. So I'm in there, and, and all you guys, you, you shave at some point. When I'm shaving, I tap my razor on the side of the sink. And my wife's like, <laughs> and while I'm doing this, it's 5 in the morning on Sunday. I, and I know I'm, I'm bothering, and I, I just, you have to tap it. To, and she's like, what the heck is, you got a job site going on in there? Don't act like you guys don't do it. Here, you're all looking at me. But we learned, she knows when I go in there, this is the routine. And, and sometimes, you know, the shower's a little longer. It's like, well, you, well, you went on a long, long time there. Living in harmony comes true harmony, let's be honest. Because tapping the razor on the side of the sink is, is horrible. Amen? So that's what harmony means. It means just learning how to, to love through these horrible things like burnt toaster leaving the butter out or whatever it is. Amen? Third day was uh, shout, uh, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth, Psalm 100. Everybody loves Psalms 100. That's just awesome. And then uh, fourth day is don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, John 14, 1. And I love that one. BC did a great job uh, just talking about letting your light shine. And then Matthew 5, 16, talking about letting your light shine. It says, let your good deeds shine so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Um, sometime, close your eyes for just a second while you receive this. Sometimes you won't have to say anything. Um to lead your family to Christ. Sometimes you just got to walk it out. Amen? Open your eyes. So you remember your grandma or whoever it was. Everybody had some grandma or grandpa that just kind of exemplified Christ-like behavior. And then, and then as you, when you gave your life to Jesus, you look back and you're like, man, they were showing me Christ-like behavior even when I was a heathen. Oh, I mean, you got to know what you look like when you showed up at your mom's house or your grandma's house. And I said it looked like something that the cat drug in, but my grandma still loved me anyways. And, and, and I know everybody thinks that grandmas don't know what's going on. I remember sitting out on the porch, you know, bloodshot eyes and the whole deal. My grandma would just kind of walk by. She was always, she was the kindest lady in the world. She, she knew what was going on. Amen, Mom? Grandma. Um, she just showed me Christ-like behavior by the way she lived her life. Um, so Luke 19, here we go. So uh, talking about freedom of sorts and, and, and talking about light. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. And when you hear me say that, you can just say boo because I know you want to get it out of your spirit. <laughs> and he was rich. Imagine that. He's got, watch this, he's got stacks of cash. 
And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw it, they all grumbled. And, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be, uh, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of all my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, go back to the start here, and we'll just kind of talk about this a little bit. And So Jesus is headed into Jerusalem, um, stops here in Jericho, and while he's passing through Jericho, he meets this, this man, this man named Zacchaeus, and uh, he's a chief tax collector, and and, but he was a rich guy, and, and maybe he was a man of stature. Maybe he had, you know, he was maybe he was part of the Hollywood elites. Maybe he was a, one of the great athletes that had hundred million dollar contracts and all these things. And and they're so special, and they're so wonderful, and they're so this, and they're so that. And and you know, after a while, you see, you see this, and you know that people like this are just as lost as they possibly can be. And it's not, not because of their money or anything. It's just because the way they handle themselves and some of their outbursts and things like that. You can tell these. So you can't be born again and act like that. Amen. So he understands this somewhere in his lineage. I don't know if his dad was a tax collector or his grandpa or whatever. So he picks up this craft or he picks up this uh, job where he's a, he's a chief tax collector. And back then, uh, tax collectors were really looked down on because if you owed like $40 to the man, they might pat it a little bit and say you own 60 and they slipped 20, Troy, in their pocket. They were making a little stroke or a little grip off of you. Um, so nobody liked this guy, but nonetheless, he knew in his mind that he was lost. He had to have by his behavior. He finally realized, I think eventually everybody, you know, when they lay their head on their pillow at night, they know that they're not even in control of their next breath. I mean, while you're laying in bed, let's be honest, some of you guys, I mean, you've been in places and laid your head on the pillow at night and your heart's really, remember that? I mean, it's just like this and you're wherever and you're, and maybe you start to pray, you're not sure if it's really getting to heaven, but if you are really real, and if you can spare me this night, I promise when I wake up, I'll go to church forever. Or at least go to confessional. We know we're lost deep down inside, don't we? So listen how the story goes. And I like the way God can take the highest of the elites or the lowest of the beggars and put them on level ground. So let's follow the story. Verse 2, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. So he just is coming through. He gets into Jericho, but before that, he was with blind Bartimaeus. If you go over into chapter 18 and somewhere like verse 40, 
blind Bartimaeus is calling out to Jesus, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus. And he calls the, the beggar up and he calls the rich man down. He said, if you're going to meet me, you got to meet me here. You can't be up and you can't be down. So Jesus calls the beggar up and the rich man down. You didn't hear me. Some people, watch this class, some people need to come off of their high horse and get born again. And you know who they are. So the ground's level, so we know blind Bartimaeus. He asked blind Bartimaeus, what is it that you want? He goes, I want to be able to see. So you find out that the, the Hollywood elites and the beggars are really all in the same, same deal here. Zacchaeus wants to see and blind Bartimaeus wants to see. He's bringing this guy up, bringing this guy down. He said, if you want, if you want me, you need to come to me because I've already made my move. And some of you guys are going to sit on your beggar's blankets and some of you guys are going to sit on your high horse with your arm folded and go, well, I don't know if I believe in it. One day, everyone will believe that Jesus is the Christ. One day, everybody will, regardless of how poor or how rich you are. He'll bring you all together at the foot of the cross where the ground's level. Can I keep preaching right now? Listen. Uh, so he runs on ahead, so... I don't know if the guy had a suit on back then or it was Armani or whatever, but, but he did whatever he had to do to make sure he seen him in verse 4. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And I don't know, how many times does God send his Holy Spirit through a church or how many times does he spend the Holy, send the Holy Spirit through your house or a jail cell, wherever it is that you're at? I don't know how many times he'll do that, but I know he's doing it today. The Holy Spirit's coming through here today because I invited him in a long time ago. And if you don't want the Holy Spirit to come in your church, he won't come in your church. As a matter of, I'm not going to say that. I've been to a lot of church buildings where, the, where they never invited Christ to show up. So if you have a building you call a church and the Holy Ghost isn't there, you don't have church. You just got a social gathering. Or religious gathering. And, and if you read your Bible very long, you'll find out that Jesus wasn't religious at all. Jesus was anti-religious and preached against religion. But relationship is what he's asking for. Mm -hmm. Let's see if this makes sense for a second. So he climbs a sycamore tree. In verse 5, he says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. If you're reading King James, it said, He made haste. He said, come down, and he knew at that point, this is my opportunity to give myself over to the Lord. What does the Lord say here? He says, I must stay at your house today. Take that however you want, you know, whether it's actually him going to his house, but I think it means both. I need to stay at your house, or I need to come into your house, or I need to come into your body, or I need to come into your existence. You need to accept me. Come down right now. And what would have happened to Zacchaeus if he wouldn't have come down and he just goes, yeah, I'm not really sure. That, watch this, Mrs. Chittenden. That opportunity may just would have went by. And we can't have that go by today. We need Jesus in America now more than we've ever needed him in the history of this land. He's coming by. You better jump on the bandwagon. You don't want to be there with your nose pressed up against the glass and watch the parade go by. 
All right, there's a little bit more. Stay with me. So he hurried and he came down. And how did he receive him? He received him joyfully. When you get born again, it should be a joyful occasion. It should be an occasion that you remember. It should be an occasion that you tell everybody about. It should be something that makes you jump and make you shout and makes you get happy and, and all those things you want to share with everybody. Remember when you got saved, how you wanted to get everybody saved? Yeah. I told the church, I said, I've seen the... I've seen the Holy Spirit so thick and have Bible will travel. I think my dad might have got saved two times here. <laughs> and when you get saved, it's something to shout about. You know what happened after my dad gave his life to Jesus? He went out and bought a Bible. Hallelujah. Just like mine. Amen. Isn't it funny that, it, it, that it, age isn't a problem? You can get saved when you're in your 80s or you can get saved when you're 8. And here's what I'm going to tell you right now. It's not too late to give your life to Christ. As a matter of fact, well, let me keep going. So he receives him joyfully. Verse 7, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the freedom and the light. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. They all grumbled. And I'm not sure who it was that grumbled, but I'll bet it was some of the Hollywood elites. Maybe it was the maybe it was the tax collectors uh, uh, union that was there, and they all grumbled like, "Oh, look at Jesus! He's going to eat with sinners." You know what? Jesus likes being with sinners because he wants them saved. Amen. And they all grumble. And here's why: Why do people grumble when you go to church? Why do people grumble when you get saved? Why do people grumble when you give money to the church? They don't, they don't grumble when you give it to the liquor store or the pot store. They don't give you any grief there. They only give you grief when you're doing something for the Lord. They grumble. You know why? Because they want you to stay right where you're at. They want you to stay right there with that guy that's low down and broke, busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. That's where they want you to be. Tell your neighbor, I got to get moving right now. I can't stay with you anymore. I can't stand it. And when you get tired of being with the devil, the Lord will take you back. Well, they're all grumbling about this deal. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus, you know, I told, <laughs> I told the church this. I said, you know, uh, some of the some of the people who you think may not be the the most intelligent people in the world could be the most intelligent people in the world, and some of the some of some of the people you think are the brokest could actually be the richest. I told Mike Berger this. I said, you know, I always I always thought my dad uh, as a poor man of sorts because he always wore uh, bib overalls and bought his flannel shirts at a thrift store for if 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 a, if a shirt costs more than three dollars my dad wouldn't buy it but after he passed he wasn't poor at all he just knew he just he just knew how to live in his means and I, and I just, you know, I was wondering, I was thinking about that with an old guy like that. I thought, man, I wonder what would happen if we had a guy like that could lead the, 
the state or the country or something like that. I mean, we just didn't live outside our means. Is, am I, am I, is this okay to say? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it just, I, it, if, I, if I don't have, if I don't have the money for it, maybe I don't need name brand. I'm going to stay here for a minute. Maybe here's what I was thinking about. Maybe I don't need, and Jessica corrected me, maybe I don't need the iPhone 14. I know I can't live without it, Dave. I gotta have, I gotta, and I gotta have a holster for it right here in case it dings. Can you imagine not being able to answer that thing? I mean, when I, oh, when I get out of here, man, I'm going back because somebody left me on red. For old, for old people that don't know, I'm informed on this. My daughter informed me. Red means you didn't answer when they sent you a text. Oh, I know. You can, you can repent of it. <coughs> iPhone 14. I, I don't know how much they pay for my phone, but I know it's too much. Amen? When, when you have to make payments on... When you have to make payments on your cell phone, that cell phone's too expensive. Verse 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And I'm thinking about this, Rick, and I'm going, what the heck is he talking about here? You mean you can give your way in heaven? He goes, no. He goes, don't you remember the story of the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler, he said, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, go and sell all your things, then come back to me. And it said that that rich young ruler left indignant. That means he was mad. His stuff was his God. His stuff was his God. He said, you know what? I'd rather have my stuff than have salvation. Oh, don't act like that here. We want what we want. We got little G-gods all over the place. We, Carl, we put all kinds of things before the Lord. What we need to do now, you know some churches plan their church services around the Super Bowl and the World Series and all kinds of things. Don't you know the big game's on? Yeah, the big game's on when I open the book called the Holy Word of God. I remember when stores were closed on Sunday. Can I keep going? I'm going to ask you to rise now. I want church to be convenient. Can you make it a little quicker? Terry, I got to get out of here. NASCAR's on. Woo! Nothing more important. I remember before I was saved, there was nothing more important than NASCAR. We used to... We used to work our day around and we had that coolers iced up and we'd roll in there, man, and we'd, yeah. It was like a God to me. I didn't think anything was more important than watching people drive around in a circle. (laughs) (laughs) When I would think throwing a pigskin football around is important. Listen to me, but when I keep going there, and you can start, Miss Carol, some people think 
that throwing a baseball and hitting it with a bat's the important thing. Now it's a, the whole city's resting on these heroes. You know what my dad told me? He said, that's a child's game. They just got a bunch of high-paid pay, men doing it. Still a child's game. They play it in parks all over the, all over the world. They just do it to have fun. They know there's no saving grace in hitting a ball or throwing one or watching cars going around in a circle. Those are little G-gods. So when Zacchaeus says, I'll pay all this stuff back and, 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 if, and if I've defrauded anybody, I'll give them back four times. And Jesus says, okay. He said, today salvation has come to this house. He said, you finally realize that nothing can come before me. Now, you didn't hear what I said. I mean, I, when he's Lord of your life, he's first in your life. Amen. Is he first in your life? Don't answer. It's rhetorical. You know, when... Uh, last three days my dad's life I would go into the bedroom and I would read him the Bible um, I just thought that was what I was supposed to do you know when you serve your family you're serving God And when we moved my dad from his camper into the bunkhouse the last couple of days, I said, how are we going to get your dad into the bunkhouse? I said, I'll get him in there. My dad knew I was going to be able to get him in there. You, you didn't have to call anybody. And then after I laid him in his bed, later that day, he said, you know, he said, you just did the work of three men putting me in here. I didn't even think he noticed. But even in your last days on earth, you know what's going on. So all that being said, that came on pretty quick. Diagnosed two months later, he passed. For some of you, it may be even quicker. Some of you guys, it may be even longer. I want to make sure you understand the same message I gave to my dad years ago. I don't want you to be confused thinking that your religion somehow is going to save you. Because it can't save you. It couldn't save you anymore. It could save my dad. The only thing that can save you is the blood of Jesus. That's just it. It's a, it's a simple message. And I think he made it for simple people like me and my dad. And my family and your families. And I want the Lepkes to get it wrong. I want them to know that the only way you can be saved is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the same message for Big Steve and Havy. So I'm going to pray for you today. Life is but a vapor. It appears for a little while, then vanishes. 
God, I thought my dad was going to live to be a hundred, but I was wrong. God, I thought that when I left for the Ozarks in 2001, I'd see my daughter again. I was wrong there too. There's a church hearing me today. I don't know of anybody in this building that's got a guarantee. You got one shot to get this right. You have to accept the free gift of salvation that only Jesus can give. Let us pray. Father, for the, the people who are gathered here today, those who are on live stream, if they haven't been saved, if they haven't been born again, Lord, my heart aches for them today. My dear friend, all I ask you is, do you remember the day? You gotta be able to remember the day, Jerry. When you walked the aisle, when you raised your hand, when you finally gave up and just said, God, I submit to you. Dietrich, myself. You know you can't carry on anymore like you are. Good night. And then you ask Jesus, say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want to be saved. I want to be born again through the blood. This is the first time I've ever done this, and I believe that you're going you're gonna to save me. If that's you praying that prayer right now, I just want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for right now. I want to be saved. And then right there, hand raised, I'm talking to you. Jesus is coming into your life right now and he's revealing himself to you. He's saving your life. And then ask him, say, help me live for you, Lord. God did it again. He saved another soul. I see you back there, friend. I see you back there too, friend. There isn't a better job in the world than leading somebody to Christ. Did you hear what I said, church? And Father, I thank you that I got so many friends in this church who genuinely care about everybody. And we believe at the foot of the cross, everybody's important. We pray this in Jesus' name and his people said amen.